podcast listeners, we are back in the building after some time off, post-college pod, post-NFL pod, starting the articles coming. Luke Grilly had one out today, obviously somber with his pats. And today, tonight, we got a special for everybody involved. We're talking 2018 NFL Draft, and we're introducing a new character to the staple of talent, Mr. One, Rue. Phillips. How we doing, Rue? Doing great. How about yourself? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. I can't complain. Browns are at one and four. Rue's a big Browns fan. He's a big Vince Young fan. Likes the point. Uh, a lot of a lot of staples with Rue. Likes Flick. Likes Ty- Tyrod Taylor's game. Uh, anything else about yourself, Rue, that, that the uh, loyal listeners deserve to know? Uh, obviously, I love myself some linemen, too. I, I come being a former lineman, that's I hold a special place in my heart. No doubt about that. There you go. There you go. So we're going to start this out, and it'll be over this really the next few months, just pods leading up, talking draft, talking a little bit of Browns here. Luke's going to have kind of some new entries to the program as far as from the Pat side, as well as some of his angles of the teams existing. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the, the team build from the new entrance from college. And Luke will probably focus a little bit more fantasy as well as the teams and the players kind of from a free agency standpoint. So nice little balance there. We'll kind of mix and mingle some talent. I think, you know, whether next week, whether we get Mocky on with the with the trifecta or even pull Farky in uh, to work with us, Rue, uh, we're yeah. going to have kind of a nice balance here over the, the weeks to come. Yeah, man, where's Marky Ben? He's been kind of MIA. Like, yeah, you do AWOL, man. The Monday Night Man is broke. All I know <laughs> is he owes me on picks, and he owes a lot of people on picks. He's probably hiding out. Yeah. It, it, it kind of prefaces, you know, me, Sean, and Mark, we go way back before the draft was even cool talking draft. And usually we're spot on with the shit. So, you know, and, looking forward you know, to having all three of us together. And I changed my cable plan. I know Mark's cheap. He only got the cable. So I don't have NFL Network now. So mm. we're going to hit the combine. I don't have the exact dates on the combine. Rue, that might be something if you can look up. We'll, we'll kind of talk those dates at the end yeah. as we kind of lead up into them. But we are going to hit on post-senior bowl as well as just kind of some initial mocks, hit on some key guys you know, throughout the draft, guys to watch as well as kind of teams to watch and who kind of controls this draft. And let's just get it going. What do you say, Rue? Let's, let's jump in. Let's get it popping. All right. So Cleveland Browns, they own the draft. I think everybody, it's a consensus across the board. I mean, they got two first, two seconds, top third, top fourth, like a lot of control from trades and the fact that they have been an utter dumpster fire, like steaming pile of hot garbage. And now we still got Hugh Jackson, Rue. What do you see in what's in store for the Cleveland Browns and the fans this offseason? You know, at the top of the draft, uh, first off, I'm thinking, if he had to hold a gun in my head, I'm thinking they're, they're leaning Darnold at this point. Uh, I think he's got what they're looking for. Uh, you know, we talked about this a uh, few, di- few days ago that uh, he's probably one that's going to interview well at the draft. Uh, he's saying all the right things. Uh, and I, I think something about Rosen kind of rubs the, the brass the wrong way at this point. And it also wouldn't shock me, too, that, you know, if something came out during the combine, some injuries, something with Rosen. I mean, he's had the shoulder, he's had a few concussions. You know, I just think at this point at the very top, they're, they're leaning Darnold if, you, if yeah, you had to hold a gun in my head. How about you? I, I think I agree with you. I think 
you know, from my perspective, I'm pro Rosen. I know Mark's Rosen. I know Farky is Darnold. So, I mean, from, from the balance of, of the four of us uh, that, that will kind of cycle on this pod, that's probably where we'll settle out. I mean, Truthfully, we're, we're not going to be able to like change each other's mind unless no. some things come out from a workout perspective. As far as a pure thrower, I just I like Rosen better. I agree. Um, I think he's a little bit safer, but yeah, he's got flags too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from a consensus standpoint, you know, if we go to the one mock that's made the rounds, it's the Mel Kiper one, and you know, the Allen kid. Like, I think everybody would would be throwing a shit fit up in Berea oh, if, if for some reason they conjured up him at one or four, to be honest. And I yeah. can't imagine a scenario where they go away from quarterback at one. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. You have to save the money. I mean, yeah. it, there's no way Barkley's in play at one, right? Uh, I wouldn't say. I mean, uh, there, there's no way. No, if anything, it'd be Darnold, Rose, and Chubb available at one before Barkley. Uh in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I think he's one that's uh, my theory with running backs, unless you're an Adrian Peterson type, I ain't touching them in the uh, first seven, eight picks. I mean, but uh, what's your thoughts? Are you, do you think he is uh, AP type, uh, uh, Zeke Elliott type? I mean, what's your thoughts on Barkley? Overall? So he, he, here's my thing, actually. I don't think AP in this day and age is the top 10 running back anymore either. Like, I think that was a little bit of like what happened and when it happened. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure you run that draft back. Like I know the Browns don't do anything different if they run that draft back. I mean, that Joe Thomas is going there done. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, Barkley's kind of neither one of those guys. Zeke is an elite pass catching back. David Johnson. Barkley is an elite pass catching back. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I am concerned about Barkley from the games that I've watched. Will he fight and put head down for the three and four yards? Is he got a little Metcalf up the middle to him is, is my big concern. I think he's a big time player out in space, but I don't see Brian Westbrook there. I just, something's not sniffing with me. Right. I, I love him. I think he's, he's an outside, like I, I wouldn't take him. Until San Francisco at nine. I'm looking at a board right here. Maybe Tampa at seven just because yeah. the wins and things like that. But, like, if you take a Barkley, you've got to get him touches more in space. It's a yeah. little Reggie Bush-ish yeah. as far as getting him the ball. I just – I know he's big and strong and stuff, but mm. I don't see him between the tackles running no. running straight ahead. Now, do you think he's the same type, better player than, say, a Christian McCaffrey, who's – you talk to elite ball, uh, you know, catcher yeah, on space – I, he didn't do too much running inside the tackles, but he showed he could do it. Uh, you think he's more in that ilk? or well, uh, so He's bigger and stronger than McCaffrey. Yeah. McCaffrey's just – he knows what he is more than Barkley. Yeah. I like uh, – McCaffrey is is kind of the perfect guy. To, like, he's the Darren Sproul. Like, this guy, you just find ways to get him the ball. I think Barkley's yeah. the same way. Yeah. But if, thing, if guys are thinking they're getting a bell cow, I just – I don't know. I could be, yeah. I probably am dead wrong. And some of it is, is just like, we can't take him at one or four. Yeah. Maybe they think about it at four, but if they're trying to do that, they're trying to make a splash more than some of the other guys we'll talk about that. I'd rather us target at four or if we're trading back that fourth pick. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of talk of him being kind of like a Le'Veon Bell type player. And I, I just don't see that. Like, yeah, like you're saying, you know, he's, he's more special in the running back position as a whole. 
is more about specialties at this point. You know, very rare do you have the one guy that can do everything. Uh, yeah, I agree. take them in the top five. Yeah, I just I, I can't justify that. So you know, I think we're in a consensus with with him as well. You know, and I I'd be curious to see it. I know Mark kind of has some feelings that way, but also you know his. Uh, he's got some different types of concerns as far as pass blocking and stuff like that with Barkley. So yeah. we'll get some of those takes as it goes along. The other thing is, you know, we're reading more and more. So mm-hmm. things are still evolving here, but just that initial pass and from the games that I watched through the season, obviously wife is, is a Penn state grad. So I watched quite a bit here over the last uh, few years and, mm-hmm. and caught Barkley a lot. So yeah. I feel like I've got a unique pulse on, on him as a player and a prospect, but yeah. uh Let's kind of jump around a little bit. You know, okay. obviously, we. Uh, I mean, you're, you're thinking the Giants are taking a quarterback, too. I think yes. the next team that's up, Indianapolis, this is where – does Jim, Jim Ursay make a call or is McDaniels there? And we'll probably know more this week. W- w- what side of the ball are you, would you focus on if you're the Colts knowing you got Andrew Luck coming back and you still got some of those receivers around? I think it's, a, it's, it's up to the – if you think Chubb is that game type of change right defense end, if not, then I think you got to support uh, you know, Luckett with the line. Their line was atrocious. Uh, so then you're looking at the Nelson kid, from Notre Dame, uh, Zeus's boy from uh, AM, and a few guys that might, but that might be too early to pick. Is he Oklahoma? Yeah. That might be yeah. a little too early to pick some of those guys, but I think that's where it's going to come down to is you think Chubb is that good to take the third overall pick, which I do. I lean towards that. Or else you, you start building that that uh, cockpit for uh, for luck, as they like to call it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I think though, if anything's one lockstep that we'll be in with the New England Cats is Indy might find a way if Jim Mercer is involved to, mm. to botch this pretty badly. I think oh. Chubb's the safe pick here. I you know there's a lot of stuff you see you know Barkley, but. Marlon Mack is basically just a cheaper poor man's Barkley. And, you know, it's kind of like us with Duke Johnson. Like, you know, the production we got from Duke, you know, yeah. he's more defined than Barkley. Barkley might run it, but he he also could not be an inside the tackles runner. And then all of a sudden you've wasted that equity on someone that's no different than a Duke Johnson as it is. So Correct. Yeah. It, it's going to be really interesting to see what Indy does. I think then you jump to four and like we talked about, they control the draft. This, to me, is why you have the more mature front office. Because you're at four. The Jets are there, two back. Denver's there, one back. Mm -hmm. And then you got the Buffalo. You got a couple of these teams, maybe uh, a Washington, possibly a Miami, though I doubt it. Like You got a couple of these teams that are – itching to move up in a draft, maybe even the Chargers. Sooner or later, they got to make an impact as they get settled in, in Los Angeles. Could this be a first and a couple first, you know, in subsequent years to get their quarterback? Like, there's a lot of potential things in play. There's the Saints. I think they love Mayfield. This is a spot for the Browns. And, you know, Browns fans hate to hear this, but you've already gotten your guy at one, or at least one of your guys. Yeah. This isn't like trading away for Julio. No. You can still get equity for future years that then give you a lot of leverage. And I'm not saying get out of the first round. Like you trade with Buffalo, you're getting both their first round picks and probably a second next year. Like that's that deal there, probably. So mm-hmm. it's more of just like a complementary build. They need a, a slot receiver. They need probably a bigger back, although 
you know, we'll see what they've got, what they're going to do with Crowell or even days. There's some things they need to do. And obviously the back four and the front seven need a piece here or there. So I, this is a spot to me that's a clear trade. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I guess, you know, depending on that, then I think you're going to see quarterbacks. I, I think there's to me, there's four quarterbacks going in the first round, maybe five, depending on what Lamar Jackson, if the right team maybe likes him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get it, start to get into teens and guys, you know, Derwin James, Vitavia, mm-hmm. uh, Duran Payne, um, you know, maybe the, the Roquan Smith slips like yeah. there's some big time potential pro bowlers that yeah. could be available in the teens of this draft. So all's not lost. If you go back even 10, 15 spots, yeah. as long as you've got kind of multiple guys you've targeted. Yeah. And you're right with that desperation of all these teams trying to find that quarterback. Some of these real good players are going to slip outside the top 10 and you'll have a good shot at trading back. Uh, but it brings it to another question I have for you. Do you think a, a Mayfield or an Allen are worth a top 10 pick in your mind? So, you know, you listen to 850, you listen to some of these, these cats on, uh, on the dial for within Cleveland, and all they'll talk about is these guys love Mayfield, this McClanahan loves Mayfield. Obviously, Dorsey's loving him, so I'm play seven times this year. I don't think Allen's in play whatsoever. I, I think okay. Allen will be a disaster uh, in the NFL. I, here's If Ryan Mallett went to Wyoming when he was in college, mm-hmm. Ryan Mallett would have lit up Wyoming. He wouldn't have thrown for 57%. Like, yeah. So this is where I think kind of where you start to play that out. You're like, God, that, you know, that, that would happen. He, and he'd be picked in the top five. And Ryan Mallett's, you know, trailer trash rat. He's yeah. he stuck. But think about if he went to that situation, would he be a 57% pass or, I mean, or would he carve it and light it up? And everybody's calling him the Rex Roethlisberger had he done that. So that's the comp I have for him. I just don't see him being successful. That said, I hope he goes in the top 10. I hope he goes in the top yeah. 15. Anything that gets these quarterbacks to go, five of them, that just means there's more value when we get to pick 33 and pick 35. Yep. No doubt. Spot on with that. So let's talk about, in the words of Phil Sims, who's your favorite players in this draft? Give him a little rundown of some of those guys. Uh, definitely, first and foremost, the Nelson kid, man. He's just a mean, nasty mauler. And he's someone who's on one of that guard who's just going to push people around. He's pretty good with it, with pass blocking. And he's just, yeah, you know, I think he's top five player in this draft. Uh, will he go top five? You know, it's, it's hard to justify picking a guard that high. But I think he's one kid that, that shouldn't be uh, bucking the trend and taking the guard in that top five. Uh, yeah, Qu- Quentin Nelson, guard out of Notre Dame, yeah. just big-time film. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you love O-line play, you'll get a hard on just watching this kid's tape. I mean, he's just a nasty, nasty player. Oh, gosh. Some of the other ones that I, I, I kind of like is uh, actually the one, and I think we've talked about this before, is uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, quarterback out of Louisville. I think, you know, he's a good player and he's getting disrespected by a lot of people saying he's going to be with the receiver. Oh, you disrespecting me, man. You disrespect- well, well, obviously, they're saying, well, like, he's an Antoine Miranda Well, he's a Josh Cribbs, he's a bad uh, Brad Smith, and a bunch of I said, no, I mean, this kid is a pretty good thrower. Uh, you know, he actually goes through his reads, he's, he's fairly accurate, 
So I think someone's going to get a, a very good developmental quarterback, whether he goes in the first round or not. I still I think he goes in the second round, and he's definitely a, a, a quarterback at the next level, not a receiver. Sure, is yeah, he I, I a think, receiver? I think he can, but you know, I, I want to give the kid a shot at quarterback. See, I think he would have been a tailor-made spot if, if Bruce Arians was still there, potentially at Arizona. No, that's a good point. I, I, I think he, Lamar Jackson, run has the opportunity to actually go to a team and then not play for two or three years mm-hmm. and get better versus, you know, some of these other guys that could get thrown to the Wolves, including the Browns, whoever they whoever they're taking. So, yeah. in, in a weird way, I like him as a prospect too because I think he's going to be valued correctly versus Allen Mayfield, who could get could be reaches in that regard and truthfully it's not to say Donald's not a reach or even Rosa I mean there's question marks with all these guys I just it's too big of a position and a need to pass up and uh, you know if you're like most Browns fans are looking at the Carson Wentz situation and just sick to their stomach so Mm -hmm. I don't think you can afford to, to oh we'll sign cousins we'll do this you still have to take a quarterback and a young one and and figure that position out yeah, no, I totally agree on that. I mean, uh, who are some of the guys you, you're targeting or really like? That, uh, well, so my guys, uh, and, and Mark's this way too, I think Denzel Ward's going to destroy the combine. I think mm-hmm. he's going to absolutely light it up. I think it's him and Jackson as far as the to- two top corners. I personally like Denzel Ward better. Um, I like him. I think Minka Fitzpatrick is someone who maybe I'm not as high on. I don't see the explosiveness. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like a Derwin James better. Yeah. So those are two guys that I like Ward and James corner and safety above who by, by most accounts. It's Fitzpatrick and and the I think it's Josh Jackson from Iowa. Yeah. Um, now, now with James, guys, that, that's just where I shake out. No, no, with James, do you think he'd be? I mean, obviously, you're a big Noel fan. Is he is he going to be more of a Taylor Mays workout warrior type, or has he got actual, you know, football not skill to go along with that incredible athleticism that he has? Well, I, I think it's he's going to do both. I, I think he's got a lot of that. I think he's going to be better suited for the NFL game. The RPO stuff in college is just like he's. It's been so tough for him. Because of the scheme that they ran, um, you even see this with Jalen Ramsey, where all of a sudden goes to the pros, and now it's a technique thing, and the athletic ability can just shine above all once you get that kind of coached in or taught. So yeah. I, I think James has got tremendous upside. He's not Sean Taylor type prospect, but he's right there. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, he's someone that doesn't get past Seattle. I think he's the potential highest mover. He okay. could be a top. Seven or eight pick, Tampa, Chicago, mm-hmm. but he could fall all the way to Seattle. I don't even think he gets past Dallas or Detroit. Like he could go, you know, that ten to twelve range as far as what his up and down is, um, as far as you know, player prospect. And I'm going to be really curious to see what what you know Jackson and Fitzpatrick kind of test out at because, like I said, James and, and Ward are going to blow the combine up, mm-hmm. and then. You know, the film for Ward is pretty damn good, too. Yeah. And then you got the Lattimore component, which, you know, folks loved it, loved it. And if he matches some of Lattimore's, like, this dude's going top 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
I don't think he's a candidate for the Browns. Yeah, and it, it's another thing from some of our info we get that we, we just hear that Ward's just going to blow the doors off the combine. Uh, there's some talk of him maybe even challenging the 40 uh, record, but he's, he's going to be a workout star. Someone's going to definitely rise as his numbers start to come out from the combine. So I think you're right in that, and, and he's got the tape to, to go along with it, too. To back it up, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So the other guy that I love, Tremaine Edmondson, 19-year-old Virginia Tech linebacker, 6'5", 245, maybe 250, like has kind of a Lawrence Timmons-type build, play inside, play outside, just really versatile. I compare him against a Roquan Smith, and, and candidly, I just – like. Roquan Smith's a better college player, and Edmondson's got better pro potential. Um, you know, worst, he's maybe a Daniel Eller, Ellerby, uh, but I don't even see that. I, I, I see a real difference maker there and, and a guy that, that makes the next level transition easier than Roquan Smith, who is a little bit like Will Linebacker, certain scheme, paired up with maybe a couple big defensive tackles, it, like it's got to be a little bit more of a fit. It may work out for him because he's going to go to a team specialized to that, but it's just, you know, something to be a little bit mindful of. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Now, is there anybody that you're particularly low on? Like, I just don't see it with this guy. Um, you know, we obviously touched a little bit of the concerns with Barkley in that sense of like everybody seeing him as the best player. That we back down on that, but anybody else from from Rue's expert eyes? Uh, and it's gonna, you know, I'm gonna go against my my offensive lineman here and uh, go with uh, McGlinchey from uh, Notre Dame. Uh, I know you're fairly high on the kid, but I, I just see someone who's uh, limited athletic uh, out there and gonna have trouble at the next level. Really, Is he a right tackle? I think so. Yeah, yeah, and and that's where I have him going down in that level. Even though I am going. Uh, I'm going later in the draft to the Patriots and what I'm initially thinking, because uh, I believe Solder's contract's up, but yeah, I think he's more uh, fitting on the right side. And the nice thing, I guess, with those linemen is it's hard to truly be a bust because you, you can hide him inside. And I think, uh, you know, he might have guard right tackle with him at some point in his career. See, I, I, I don't mind him, him slipping, uh, and if particularly if he's a right tackle, he has to slip. Yeah. I don't see him to the Patriots based off what we just saw last night. I, oh, no. I mean, I know we <laughs> talked on the chat yeah. and whatnot, like, and they got Garcia coming back. Um, he, I guess he's dropped weight because of an illness and things like that. But I think, if anything, the Patriots, if that – rang through anything they got to figure out what the hell they're doing on the other side of the football there are no playmakers there i mean it was atrocious so Mm -hmm. the the pats have to they got three in the first two rounds all towards the back obviously um except for that i think it's like 30 or 43rd pick or 42nd pick for garoppolo uh they're gonna have to add some playmakers defensively uh, to that staple uh, and team there. I know they had an injury or two, but that team is bad defensively. Yeah. And, and I think another, not just singling one out that I've been kind of just overall behind Barkley is the overall skill position guys here, your receivers, running backs. Now I'm, I'm hoping a few of them fall to the second round, you know, the inner Browns fan in me, but I mean, really none of them really just jump off and, and excite me. 
uh, you know, behind Barkley in the first round that went away have a few receivers going. But I think the only running back going in the first round that we're looking at is, is Barkley at this point. Yeah, and, and I probably, behind Barkley, I like Sonny Michelle and then uh, Geis. But, I, you know, I keep hearing medical concerns from a, from Geis' perspective. Oh, really? You know, I like I love like a Auden Tate. Yeah, I think with Geis, it's like shoulder or some things related to that. But, you know, you never know with some of that stuff. There's a lot of people hoping that, you know, Dalvin Cook went in the second round. If they're redoing that draft, Dalvin Cook's a top 15 player last year. Absolutely, so, yeah. And everybody knew he was a top. 10 talent as far as in the draft last year. So running backs will slip regardless. I think the Browns are well positioned to get one. That's why it's just, you you could take Barkley at four or you could take Geis or Michelle at, at 33, 35. And you're like, what's the discernible difference when you look at like, I could get a ward or a chub that I can't get in the second round. Because if you look and lay out this draft, like it's just the talent kind of, is is top twenty? It's defensive guys, and then after that, it becomes like you got to find fit and system and skill set that matches up with your team. And you know, I like I like Michelle. Uh, I, Geis has some potential, um, and then I'll be curious just to see what some of these other backs, the Ronald Jones, um, what they may do uh, with regards to to testing and and just kind of where they lay out. Royce Freeman's another guy sat out the bowl game. He's somebody to watch. I mean there's a lot of rookie guys that will will kind of target and future ones carry on Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um it's going to be really uh you know no Bryce Love, but it'd be no. curious to see what some of these guys shake out to be uh and then you know subsequently how it lays with certain teams. Yeah. Now do any of the receivers jump out to you, Sean? You know well, Ridley yeah, Small, that yeah. that concerns the hell out of me. Sutton, the school kind of concerns me um, as far as SMU. Mm-hmm. I like Auden Tate, but he's got to go to the right team that knows he's not a burner. Um, the Anthony Miller from Memphis, he, he's got some intrigue. Um, the Chark from the Senior Bowl, LSU, I think it's DJ, or no, it's DJ Moore, and I think TJ Chark or something like that. Um, from LSU and then more is from Maryland. Um, so th- yeah, there's, a, there's some people to watch there. We're going to need to see these guys run, oh, yeah. uh, Emmanuel St. Brown from Notre Dame. Um, we got to see these guys, Dion Kane from Clemson, but he, he couldn't stay out of trouble at times. So there's a lot of those guys, but the value there is second and third round. And then there's yeah. going to be the, the draft, like a fantasy draft where there's runs on them. And as long as you get, you know, a clustering there, maybe my favorite receiver in the whole draft, honestly, is Christian Kirk. I, I, I like him, particularly if he's not, or if he blows the door off, off the combine, or if he's like the third wide receiver taken, like he, him and maybe the Washington kid, um, from Oklahoma State, those those are the ones that could go to the right team and then therefore have the bigger biggest impact at least initially. Mm-hmm. Now the the one guy, and I'd be curious to get your take on, is the Davenport kid. Like wh- he he might be up there with James as far as what his range is because he could go as high as back into the fir- top ten, or he could be you know, into the twenties. Um, I, I have him right now slated going number seven, uh, to it's Tampa Bay. And I'm just going just, just a uh, physical traits alone. He's got that kind of a Ziggy Ansah kind of build to him. 
uh, and potential. But I agree, there, there's a lot of concerns. You could see him dropping later in the draft, like you were saying. But I think just going on pure upside uh, and, and just being a you know workout warrior here coming up in the combine, I, I see him uh, sneaking up in the top ten. And you know, yeah, see, I'm concerned. I, I just see no moves. Um, I don't know. I the production at that level and then going to the senior bowl, I think he's going to work out great and everything. I, you have to fall in love with the kid. I mean, the, maybe yeah. the Browns are, yeah, they've been meeting with them quite a bit, uh, you know, and then it'll be a guy like um, Sam Hubbard from Ohio state. It'll be the same way. If a team loves them, they'll take them, but it could easily, you know, Hubbard could fall into the second round, maybe beyond. Um, it, it just starts to get really kind of dicey with some of these prospects because it just comes down to whether or not the teams see a fit there or feel comfortable with, you know, the relationship with the college coach in that program, as yeah. well as kind of what, what input they're getting from their scouts. Yeah. And I say you had them going later to Buffalo. It looks like uh, where, you, where you're kind of targeting them at this point or, or early on in the process here. Yeah. I have them kind of 22. I, you know, initially had them maybe to Arizona at 15, uh, possibly Green Bay, but I, I just, the more that I looked at it and broke it down, I just don't see it. So, um, but you know, we'll see crazier things have happened. And obviously there's still a lot to be, to be sifted through and, and sorted out. You know, Arden Key's another guy like Arden key, the tape from freshman sophomore from LSU, mm-hmm. the defensive end, like, you know, that, that, that guy's elite. And then you, this past year, it's like, okay, is this Barcavius Mingo? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is he going to be pounding the, uh, what was the app that he was on? You know, he grinds. Is he going to be grinding? Yeah. Is he yeah, going to be grinding? He might be. He might be. Oh, uh, shit, man. Yeah, they got a history there at LSU. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They're doing dirty dancing commercials and that's shit. Right. Oh, um, man. So how about you? What are skill position guy? Any sleepers, kind of maybe second, third round that you like? I mean, you know, I touched on a few of those. Any of them that you like uh, or anybody different? I love the Gasecki kid from Penn State. Is that the correct pronunciation? The Gusecki? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's he's the ex volleyball kid. Uh, you know, I have him going to Jacksonville in the second. Uh, I could also see him go, maybe going to the Patriots at some point. He just screams that uh, he's that that uh, matchup nightmare. You know, go up and get the ball. You know, that's one kid that I'm really targeting and kind of going to follow as we go through the process. Uh, I think some of the other ones. It's going to be interesting how he tests because he might not test that well, but then it's like you put the pads on the guy and he makes plays. You watch him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm intrigued with Geis. Uh, Definitely, um, you know, I'm thinking as Browns are going to take a running back with one of those top two picks in the second round. So the the Geis kid, because, you know, he's still – he won't be 20 by the time the draft starts, so he's very young yeah. and raw as well. Uh, so he's another one that intrigues me. Um, Hubbard, uh, I think in the right system, uh, he's going to be a damn good player, but I think he's kind of limited athletically, so that's why I think he's going to drop a little bit. And, and someone's probably going to get a hell of a player. Uh, you know, if yeah, I think right. Taquan Lewis, Taquan Lewis is going to play eight to ten years. Like really? I, yeah, that, 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 whereas Hubbard, I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> That, that, I'd be a little concerned. I think he's got to get to the right program um, just because he didn't flash enough for me. I, the best player on Ohio State defense, Ward was big time, but Bosa. it, you know, Bosa. Like, yeah. and <laughs> when he's on the field and then when he's not, it's the second half of the Iowa game. And it's like, well, why didn't Lewis and 
and uh, Hubbard, you know, dominate then, like what what, what gives? Mm-hmm. Now, that's where I'd have some reservations with. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we'll see. Obviously, and uh, you know, I'm with you on on some of the the different nuances of alignment. It, it it really is a quirky draft. I, you know, I think the Via has a little bit of Danny Shelton to him. I think like yeah. we're gonna they want to fall in love with defensive tackle. If I was a team, uh, I'm not wasting any time on defensive tackles this year. No. If I've got serviceable enough guys for this upcoming season, because the defensive tackle draft next year is absolutely loaded when yeah. you talk about Oliver Lawrence, Gary, uh, among like four or five others on top yeah. of that. Wilkins, who went back to school, Farrell, who's more of a DN, like Clemson had, you know, three guys come back on defense mm-hmm. that, that would be picked in the first round or at least the first 50 picks in this draft, which yeah. is just kind of bizarre to itself. But yeah, I, you have to kind of look that out. That's where I think it gets really interesting when you start talking about skill guys and players in the second and third round because you start to look at, you know, Bryce Love, Damian Harris. There's a couple guys that stayed in school. But then after that, it's like, man, you better get some of these guys now because it's just not as deep of a draft next year. Then the year after that, it flips back and there's a lot of playmakers, a lot of fr- big time freshmen that played in college this year that will be draft eligible in, in two years. So Correct. you have to kind of lay that out. This is the type of thing that, that scouts do. They pay more attention. They're watching these practices and they're not just looking at the draft eligible players this for this coming season. They're looking two and three years out. Now they'll probably be in a different job. And if they work for the Browns, that's damn near guaranteed, <laughs> but that's part of the role there. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you, you know, it's kind of you know going a little tangent, but you, you mentioned I mentioned offensive linemen. Uh, if it was me, I would draft all my linemen from the Big Ten, maybe some from the the Pac Ten. Uh, you know, I don't I don't trust any of the the offenses of the Big Twelve or the SEC to uh, to really develop. And uh, and I think that most NFL ready are going to be your linemen from uh, the Big Ten mainly, and maybe some guys out from the, from the Pac Ten. Yeah, I have a tendency to agree with that. I mean, I think the SEC, they just get the shit beat out of them, uh, to be yeah. honest. And yeah. then, you know, that's what you're saving, saving with these defensive guys. And they all have shoulder issues and they got arthritis. And you look at Foster, you look at uh, who's a defensive lineman from last, Jonathan Allen. Mm-hmm. Like, and then their DBs are beat to hell. And there's so many D Milners. And, and it's just there's a lot of, a lot of like flags with some of those guys. Um, yeah. it, you know, that's why you look at like a pain, a hand, uh, even the Evans kid, like you just, it's a little buyer beware with these kids mm-hmm. just because they're surrounded by so much talent and they're coached up to almost their max potential Yeah, that, you know, there's the bus potential there. And that, that's, that's the watch out. You got to watch with, uh, with, with some of those kids from there. I think technique wise, um, that's where the Big Ten really shines, and it's just more of a relatable conference to the pro style. You know, yeah. Burst would have a conniption on this, but oh, yeah. spade is spade. Like, Texas Tech's not running shit that's working yeah. in the NFL, yeah. and, yeah, I mean, he's not really working it in the Big 12 either, so Cliff will be coaching uh, or holding the clipboard in West Texas <laughs> uh, at and some I- point here for West Canaan soon. Yeah, and I think you you or Mark brought this point. It was a good point that now NFL teams are starting to uh, say, hey, we're just going to let another team invest the time 
uh, in these uh, linemen and then, you know, sign as free agents when they're fully developed as opposed to wasting our time and investments, uh, uh, you know, in drafting them out of college because they, they really have um, – uh, the, the the kid from the Browns saying uh, he's pretty much had four blocks his entire uh, 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 playbook at, at uh, Auburn. Oh yeah, Coleman, Coleman, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. Drango, Drango. I mean, the shit that he knows is like he's yeah. a clown, and yeah. you know, then we can start talking about Hugh and not giving any protection this past year, and that shit yeah. shows. So yeah. I mean, that actually segues nicely. So let's talk Browns here before we kind of wrap up and. And then uh, obviously we'll kind of get out the handles and stuff like that and then start to set up for questions and things to, to the Twitter profile. But um, what, what's the Browns? I mean, Cousins, McCarron, what's Rue Phillips' five-point plan for getting this ship righted? And righted, I mean, like, get us to four or five wins, for Christ's sake. Uh, uh, right now it's looking like somehow McCarron is going to uh, be coming in. That's most likely, in my opinion. Am I a fan of it? You know, I don't really know with the kid. We've seen him in a few times in a few games, uh, but uh, it's looking like some veteran is going to be brought in. Uh, you know, I'm opposed to Kirk Cousins because I think, especially in this draft, you have two guys, whether it be Darnold or or Rosen, that uh, pretty high probability that they're being a pretty decent quarterback. I'd rather invest in them as opposed to throwing all that money at, at a Cousins. So I'm thinking uh, AJ is going to be coming in. Uh, did they ever decide on his court issue yet with the Bengals? Uh, I think that's actually coming up next week. I think it's like yeah. Feb 14th, 15th, some, something like that. If and they, it'll if depend they, on compensation. Yeah, if they take that restricted tag off, you can almost book it that, that he'll be coming in some shape or form through the Browns because uh, him and uh, Hugh Jackson have a little love affair going on. You know, you can see that in the film from the uh, the game this past winter. But uh, I think that's most likely. Uh, some other quarterbacks, you got a Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I think Tyrod's Ty a nice little bridge quarterback, but none of these guys are going to be the answer past year, maybe in half the season. And you go into the the year with a, with a veteran of some type, uh, uh uh, Kaiser and then uh, the rookie, either uh, Darnold or, uh, or or Rosen. Um, I think that's the most likely and probably the best because I still I still think Kaiser has some traits you like. Will he ever be as accurate as you want him to be? I, I doubt it, but I think he can be a nice serviceable backup if he learns more and, and, and is kind of groomed in that role. But uh, I think uh, that's the route they're going to go. And so, if, uh, gun to my head, I'm going McCarron, Kaiser, and Darnold in the Browns quarterback room next. Uh, starting training camp here in July. Yeah, I'm kind of with you a little bit on Kaiser, right? He's thrown to the Wolves this year and yo-yoed yeah. around. I mean, everybody talked like Hugh Jackson was this QB guy, and yeah. from everything I saw, he's anything but. No. Yeah. So I, I'm with you there. I, I think the Cousins thing wouldn't make sense on multiple fronts. I don't know yeah. how it makes sense for Cousins. I don't know how it makes sense for the Browns because it what it does is it puts everything on hyperdrive because then you got a guy that for the next four or five years is now taking up yeah. you know twenty percent of your cap like, yeah. and we're not necessarily prepared like we got the money for it but the yeah. roster doesn't coincide with it like oh. to me if Minnesota renounces their quarterbacks they make a ton of sense Denver makes a ton of sense. Arizona makes a little bit of sense if Arians was there, but he's not. So that doesn't make as much sense now. It, it, Miami makes some sense, but then Tannehill's, you got to find a home for him. It, you just like you start to kind of look around, and the Jets make some sense, but like, Jesus, like, 
our skill positions are better than the Jets, aren't they? Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, you'd like to you, know, you, you factor Gordon. They definitely are. Yeah, so you know, in some in that respect, it's kind of like, well, hell, like if you're going to go to the Jets, just go to the Browns. Yeah, because like the opportunity, you don't have to play the Pats. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you kind of like. I do like where the Browns are with regards to the division. I think Baltimore's in a trouble spot because Flacco's just dragging with that contract. Um, I think sooner or later, like this, this next year could be a big year for Flacco. Baltimore could be a sneaky team in play for, for quarterback. Yeah. Um, Did Ozzy step down? Did I I read that yesterday? No, I think it's phasing in over the next, the next year. Okay. And then he's going to a different role and then it's the DaCosta kid taking over. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you can't just automatically pencil Alabama kids like I I did. And this <laughs> this might be his last path. That's why I had uh, the pain kid from Bama going to as, to Baltimore. Take as many as you can at this point. This is the last hurrah. Yeah. That's right. But uh, we yeah, so it, it remains to be seen with the Browns. We'll break them down further. I know we we'll start to we pull in Mocky and and Falky, uh yeah. to that to those discussions to get their input and then really get some good dialogue back and forth. But the interesting thing is, I don't know that there's a lot of disagreement at least yet with us on on some guys. I think that'll start to grow and build. Uh, but we're all just kind of reading and seeing the same tea leaves. Uh, so hopefully as we, as the draft gets along here, we'll start to get a little uh, back and forth and we can always throw Burris on cause it's guaranteed. He doesn't know shit about anything. He's going to act like he does. And uh, we can just tear him a new one every time. I, I, I was waiting for him to break in here when we started to bad mouth in the, the, the spread offense or, you know, whatever the hell they run down there. Uh, uh, Cliff, his boy Cliff. Yeah, Burris. that's right. Well, <laughs> according to Chris Collinsworth, like everything's an RPO now and, He's yeah. like Herb Street. Everything's an RPO, and it's like, God, that looks a hell of a lot like just regular play action to me. But we'll call it RPO because we want to sound all you know too smart for our own good. Right. Never mind the fact that like what matters in the NFL is you got to find a way to get after the quarterback, you got to protect your quarterback, yeah. and you got to be able to to, to control Split the ball. Yep. Uh, and when Doug Peterson can look at his sheet and get seven yards of pop running the ball, mm-hmm. man, it's real easy to call a game for Nick Foles when. It's second and three every time. Oh, yeah. That makes it opens up the whole playbook. Like I said, it just makes it so much easier on the quarterback. Uh, now, are we going to be getting this uh, this this mock draft out to our lawyer fans and sex box? Here yeah, so, so Luke, posted, Luke posted mine from a few weeks ago, kind of right after the senior bowl, about a week and a half ago. We now got yours added to it, so we'll get this sent over to Luke, um, get that added on, then we'll get Mark and Farkey on there to throw theirs on uh, in subsequent future pods. Obviously, these things are subject to change uh, with, with kind of some of the workouts, what teams may target, Free agency is going to change some dynamics here. So we'll continue on these themes, the guys we like and don't like. There's going to be a tad of redundancy pod to pod. But at the same time, you're also going to go into this draft knowing what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe next next pod we'll talk mid to late round sleepers. You know, I know there's a few guys I've sent you that yeah. uh, you guys that I love um, from, you know, linebacker position as well as you know some of the trenches, you know, unsung guys. Uh, as well as some back end safety guys that that yeah. it, it's a kind of a strong draft in that regard there too. So we'll get into that. We'll get this posted. You can follow yeah. us at Glory Podcast on Twitter. You know, 
follow, send uh, questions regarding the draft. We'll try and answer it as best we can. Luke, all of us got a handle on that. Uh, Luke will be talking some of the pats coming up here. We'll hopefully get another pod out this week and hopefully this one out fairly shortly. And then uh, we'll watch free agency and kind of go from there. So um, it's going to be exciting. we got a new staple of of talent kind of deep in the (laughs) roster a little bit. We had to add no longer a flag football team. We're trying to go 11, man. (laughs) Nice. Like we touched on earlier, we we know our shit when it comes to the draft. Uh, We all have our David Vecune moments, but, you know, it's kind of inside joke there that I'm going to wear the rest of my life when it comes to the draft. But, uh you know, I look forward to, to working with everyone here and uh, you know, dropping some knowledge and, on all our listeners when it comes to the draft and the NFL in general. Well, if there's anyone one constant when it comes to the draft, is no one knows everything uh, yeah. because otherwise we'd have taken Carson Wentz and we certainly wouldn't be picking <laughs> one and four if we did. So yeah. go figure. It is what it is. But we just try and stake reputations um, and go from that. I'll say that that. That draft is particularly tough when you look at the top seven or eight picks and then see how we settle for Corey Coleman when we could have had a hell of a lot of different pro bowlers that would be on our roster right now looking pretty damn good. Oh, gosh. And it's sickening. You're right. We'll revisit that one at some point. That might be like the week before the draft. We'll talk that one just because it'll get us in the right frame of mind that regardless of all this, the Browns can still find a way to, to screw up a wet dream. Oh, Absolutely. All right, fellas, so we're cutting it off here. Again, send questions, send ratings, hit us up on iTunes, five stars only. Uh, trying to get that rating up. We're going to start hitting the content out a lot more. Might even throw a Steven Seagal article in it and at some point in time oh. if, uh, if we can get um, Memphis Matt and maybe uh, a couple other friends on, on like a Masterpiece Theater kind of 3,000, maybe Out for Justice and some of those other oh, instant classics from Steven Seagal. That would be a treat right there, I'm telling you. That's that's yeah, right. Got to so, make that happen. <laughs> we're, we're, we're working on something, so it'll be a lot of things coming here. Or uh, We're getting that brand back out, Ru. Build that brand like, like, like Cam that. Newton made. That's we need right. To get, we need you to get in a car wreck now and you know, take that picture like Cam. <laughs> that's right. You Photoshop it in. Yeah, and that's then right. Throw a point in. <laughs> All right, folks. So we are going to be off here back uh, maybe next week, maybe the week after. But as things come through, um, you'll be hearing for us. So, Rue, you popped your cherry. Now it's time to get after it uh, from now on. They'll all downhill from here. We'll start drinking on the next few. And uh, we good. Let's do it, man. Look forward to it. <laughs>